All right, we want to uh, greet everyone in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're grateful to the Lord for everyone that's here. And uh, glad to be able to stand before you and say the things that the Lord have laid on our hearts to say. So uh, how many of you have been keeping up with this whole virus thing, have been seeing it in the news and all of that? And my prayers is that <laughs> while you're keeping up with it, that you don't allow fear to set in. Uh, if you pay close attention, uh, if you're not careful, the more you watch and the more you read about it, uh, the more the devil try to knock on you with fear, try to knock on your heart with fear. And that is what the devil needs to fulfill his plan, is fear. Everybody understand? When you are a believer, you are covered by God. Now that's the bottom line. But faith is what covers you. Everybody understand? And if you're not careful, you can be like Job. Uh, Job said in the third chapter of the book of Job, the thing that I feared the most have come upon me. That lets us know, we wonder, how did the devil know where to hit Job at? Because he hit him where his fear reached him. Everybody understand? Uh, a person that goes into a relationship scared of being cheated on, they could bring that to life. And it's not that the person that they're with want to cheat on them, but their actions, they op if you operate out of fear, your actions do exactly what it takes to push that person if it's in them to do. Does everybody understand? Fear, you know, a lot of times people think uh, their fear makes them sit back and, and just watch everything unfold and then they think, well, you see there? I, I knew that this was gonna happen. And they totally disregard <laughs> that their fear brought about their own actions. Their fear set the atmosphere for it. That's why it's important to have no fear. The devil don't know where to hit you. Everybody understand? People walking around in fear, that's not God's will for people to walk around in fear. If it's your time, it's your time. Does everybody understand? Believers aren't supposed to be scared of death. Now, we're not talking about tempting God. Everybody understand? We're not talking about jumping off of a mountain somewhere and hoping that he catch you. But we are obligated to obey his word. And people, you know, believers are staying at home. So-called um, make-believers. Staying at home, saying, well, we're the church. Church isn't where you're supposed to, isn't where you gather. We're the church. That's right. We are the church. And the Bible says that we are not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together, church. Everybody understand? And so, <laughs> God don't want us to stop living. This plague ain't for us. Amen. Everybody understand? Amen. He don't want his people to stop living. If I need to go to the store, I'm going to go to the store. And I'm not going to put on all kind of plastic bags to get there. I have a suit on already. And you'll find it in the book of Ephesians. Everybody understand? 
I already have a face mask on. It's called the helmet of salvation. Everybody understand? That's what I live by. And that's what God has called us to live by. And if the devil just so happened to find his way in, we could just do what the word says. Let him that is sick call for the elders. Everybody understand? So, no, we don't believe in tempting God, but we believe in obeying God. Everybody understand? The Bible tells us to forsake not the assembling of ours. Let's go look at that. Let's go, look at, let's go to the book of Hebrews real quick. Let's go to the 10th chapter of the book of Hebrews. I want to reassure us of what we stand on. We walk by faith and not by what? In other words, not by the five senses. We don't walk by that. We don't walk by what we hear on the news. We don't walk by what we see on the news. Uh, you know, you, you read all kinds of stories. This person was perfectly healthy and they passed away with the coronavirus. This person had underlying issues and they passed. Well, you know what? It, it, it was their time to go. Everybody understand? Elisha passed away with a disease, with a sickness. It was his time to go. But even after that, God used his bones to raise a man up from the dead. Everybody see? So we, we, I'm, I'm trying to get us above what's in the news. We walk by faith, not by sight. I don't care what they're saying and how it's spread about. You see? So everybody there, the 10th chapter of the book of Hebrews? Let's start reading the verse 22. It says, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of what? Full assurance of faith. I pray that none of you all were waiting on me to call you yesterday or this morning about whether or not, you know, we're getting together. <laughs> You're not going to ever get that call. Even if I don't show up, you show up. <laughs> and pray me here. <laughs> A six-foot rule. And the devil don't care how far apart you are. It's got folks all over the world still catching it. A hundred feet from each other. Everybody understand? You can't stop God's will. Everybody understand? When Hurricane uh, Rita came to my part of Louisiana and uh, to parts of the, the eastern coast of Texas, you had, uh, they cleared the nursing home out. One of the nursing homes there had all those old people on a bus pulling them out of there. And they thought they were running from danger. But in the back of that bus was somebody, one of those old people's uh, oxygen tanks. And something happened where it exploded and they all died anyway. It was their time. Some of you, you've seen that movie, Final Destination. And that's, the, that's really the lesson of the movie. <laughs> 
They were doing all, when they did catch on to, okay, here's a pattern here. Let me see if I can get away and see if I can break. No, you can't. You just passed by a graveyard. People that were living 200 years ago, they ain't, they not here anymore. But here's, here's where we find comfort. I know the Lord's not done using us. We'll be alive as long as we're in God's will. That's what, now, if you're not in God's will and you're doing stuff behind the scenes, you fear. Maybe you, you do your six-foot rule. Everybody understand? But if you're in God's will, you don't have anything to fear. God is going to keep you alive long enough to do his will. You see. So it tells us to let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of what? Faith. Everybody see that? Yeah, we don't just preach it. This is to be lived. Faith is to be lived. We have to live this. Everybody got faith as long as there are no challenges. It's easy to say you believe it. You understand? It's got a whole world of church folks saying they believe in God and ain't going to church. Scared to go because you got to use wisdom. That ain't godly wisdom. God's wisdom is what we're about to read here. Let's go ahead and keep reading. We're going to bring this out more. It says, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil what? Conscience. Everybody see that? That's what's got folks standing home. You know you ain't right. You better stay home. And our bodies washed with what? Pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without what? Wavering. Let us hold fast to that. For he is faithful. Not because of our faith, but the one that we have faith in, he's faithful. That promised. And let us consider one another. So when we get this right, now let us consider one another. I'm straight with God. Now that I'm straight with God, now I can look here at my horizontal relationship with all my brothers and sisters and consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. Now that I'm straight, let me help get you straight. Let's provoke one another. And how do we do that? Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. Everybody understand? This was not God's green light, preachers, for you to start your online ministry. This was God's green light for you to show where your faith really was. You gonna believe God or you gonna believe man? Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. Everybody see that? But exhorting one another and so much the more as ye see the day approaching. What day, the happy day? No judgment. In other words, this, this should have been running folks to church. Let me get right for real. 
Not, well, and, and not preachers encouraging folks, stay home, use wisdom. Because you, you don't want to die. That's somebody that ain't looking forward to eternity anyway. You got more invested in this life than you do with that one over there. God's people don't fear. Everybody understand? And when we feel the devil inching in, we come together and we provoke one another. Everybody see? Now this, again, this ain't to con condemn anybody. But this, listen, let's check what we really are. If we're walking in fear, it shows, Lord, I'm not where I'm supposed to be. Fear is what got people home. The Bible says perfect love casts it out fear. If I'm fearful of the coronavirus, it shows that my love is not perfected. Bottom line. That's what that shows. My love, my relation, in other words, my relationship with God is not intact. Lord, help me to get there. Not, Lord, help me to, let's use wisdom. Wisdom is obeying what this word says. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. Not online either. Everybody understand? Okay, let's go to the uh, 15th chapter of the book of, Matt, of Acts. Let me show you exactly why God is, <laughs> he does not accept your online. Your online ministry does not replace in person. Everybody understand? The 15th chapter of the book of Acts, there was a, a issue that had come up in the church when the Pharisees began to give their life to the Lord. They, their minds hadn't been renewed yet. And they, they were preaching to people that they needed to keep the Mosaic law to be saved, along with believing in Jesus Christ. And so the apostles and the elders got together and they came, they prayed about it and they addressed this issue. And this is, this, this is the same meeting uh, that we read about that Paul talks about, I think in the second chapter of the book of Galatians, where Peter was present. Barnabas was present, and they were all eating with the Gentiles. But when some of the Pharisees came in, Peter and Barnabas got up. This is that same meeting. What they call a conference. And so here, this is the conclusion of the matter. We're going to start reading at verse 25. They wrote a letter unto these people. says, it seemed good unto us, being assembled with one accord, to send chosen men unto you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul, men that have hazarded their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Everybody see that? We have sent, therefore, Judas and Silas, who shall also tell you the same things by what? In other words, sending this email isn't, isn't going to work. Sending this letter isn't going to work. We're going to send some folks to talk to you in person. Now some, you know, I can't tell you the number of people that have wrote me 
and have even told me to my face when they finally met me, you know, Brother Bowden, you were saying some harsh things. And when you were saying, I was listening at you on YouTube, and then when you said something I didn't like, I stopped and I turned it off. But I came back and I finished listening, and then I, I, you know, you said something else, and I stopped and turned it off, and I just went on about my business. Some of you in here do that, <laughs> have done it. But it's a difference when that mouth is talking in front of you. You may try to go to sleep, and I'm going to yell out and wake you up. Everybody understand? It's hard. In other words, it's hard to tune people out when they're standing in your face. <laughs> so here we see the importance of being in person. Everybody understand? How many of you, in your heathen days, tried the long-distance relationship? Yeah, how did that work? <laughs> Everybody understand? Yeah, you emailing, it's all good at first. I ain't never met anybody like you. You reaching my soul. Yeah, but them words get old, don't they? Them phone calls get old. I need somebody to touch. Everybody understand? In other words, I need you here in person. When are you moving? When are you moving? Well, this ain't the Lord. <laughs> God does not intend for us to place assembling ourselves together with online ministries. The devil have made it convenient for folks to walk in unbelief and he has given them more excuses. He's telling them everything except you need to check your, check your relationship with the Lord and see whether or not you're really found in faith, you see. So let's read that again. Verse 25, it seemed good unto us being assembled with one accord to send chosen men unto you. Everybody see that? They could have just sent that, sent that letter and that was it. But they sent some men that were full of the Holy Ghost to tell them and to preach to them in person. Everybody see? Verse 26, men that have hazarded their lives. Everybody see? Men that have what? Have put their lives in danger. How did they do that? How did these men put their lives in danger? So let's, now we have to go back in time. Y'all want to go back to the book of Acts? That time frame. See, today is Corona. You know, everybody and their mama in 2020 will raise their hand and say, I'll die for the cause of Christ. If somebody stuck a gun in my head or had a bat and told me they beat me to death for going to church, I'd, I'd gladly go. I'm, I'm God has called me and I don't fear nothing. Except Corona. Corona. 
Because now we've got to use wisdom. <laughs> Something that you can't see. So you mean to tell me you stand, you march in the church with somebody standing at the door with a, a rifle? Knowing you're going to die. Knowing you're going to die. And you still walk right on in? But something that you can't see got you sitting at home. I'm telling you, this is God's check mark for us. Everybody understand? John the Baptist says the axe is laid to the root of the tree. In other words, now we're going to see who really belongs to God and who doesn't. Who's really got the goods and who don't. Don't tell God that you die for his cause. In the book of Acts, this Bible says what we just read, that these men hazarded their lives. How did they do so? They were being thrown in prison. They were being killed just for gathering together. Just for gathering together and hearing a message. They went from house to house doing it, and they weren't trying to hide either. Went from house to house in temples and synagogues preaching the word of God. At the threat of death, at an immediate threat. Not something that was going to play out over three weeks. You gather together back then to have church, you were almost guaranteed to be stoned to death. To be thrown in prison and to be killed, executed. And these men still gathered together. They weren't writing each other letters and speaking in codes. Let's go look at that. Let's go to the fourth chapter of the book of Acts. We're going to start reading at verse 1. Everybody there, the fourth chapter of the book of Acts? It says, And as they spake unto the people, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them and put them in hold until the next day, for it was now eventide. Howbeit many of them which heard the word believed, and the number of the men was about 5,000. And it came to pass on the morrow that their rulers and elders and scribes and Annas, the high priest and, and Caiaphas, and John and Alexander, and as many as were of the kindred of the high priest, were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked them, By what power or by, or by what name have ye done this? That's talking about the man, that, the lame man that was healed. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, Ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good deed done to this impotent man, by what means he is made whole, be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders 
which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Everybody see that? Now, today, that's just common talk among church people. Back then, he was saying something brand new to some folks that would kill him. Faith gives you boldness. See, to us, you know, and that, that's, this is the problem with today's Christianity. You don't have to have faith now to live for God. You can go to church and everybody prays. Oh, praise the Lord. You must be going to church. That's good. There's no threat. The devil got smarter. I'm not going to threaten you physically, so... Because, see, he wanted to deceive people. If somebody held a gun in your head and, tell you, and told you, if you confess that name Christ, I'm going to shoot you dead right here. You might back out. No, he, he'd rather you be deceived and have you thinking you got faith to go into eternity and spend an eternity with Christ. He'd rather, he'd rather you just play along. Everybody understand? He'd rather you think your, he, he'd rather you think your easy life is because of God's grace on you. That's what he'd rather you think. He'd rather deceive you than you, you, than you to know up front whether or not you got the goods. And I'm telling you today, Corona is that man standing at the door with stones. Don't you come in here. You better not go in there and worship God. And that man is standing at the door telling people, use wisdom. Stay at home. You got an online ministry. That's the same thing. God, you the church. God is in you. But he ain't going to tell you fear. The fearful according to the book of Revelation, will have their part in the lake of fire. The fearful. What else is it? Everybody see? Verse 13. Now when they saw the boldness, everybody see that? Oh, okay. Everybody understand? When they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were un unlearned and ignorant men, in other words, uneducated, they marveled and they took knowledge of them what, that they had been with who? Everybody see that? Because yeah, if you've been with Jesus, you're a bold somebody. It's time I for all these timid preachers. that have been neutered through seminary schools. Talk soft, you got to draw the people in. Don't, don't stand up there and flat-footed and just preach the truth. Try to just reel them in, talk soft. I tell you, that feminine spirited hate a sure man. It hates a man that's sure of himself, especially in God. 
Many years ago, I had a lady pastor get in touch with me and tell me, you know, I can receive from you. It's, it's a hard word you preach, but I can receive from you. You lying spirit. If you could, you'd step down. <laughs> you cannot receive from me. <laughs> Y'all know what she was saying? Well, because, you know, in this message I saw you and you were just kind of just calm and I could receive from you. The truth is the truth. The truth is what hurt you, not the presentation of it. Everybody understand? So you see, how did they know that they had been, that these Peter and John had been with Jesus? Because of their boldness. Who else can egg you on like that? Now, you know what else? <laughs> because they were doing what Paul said in the 10th chapter of the book of Hebrews. Provoking one another. In these meetings, they were taking on each other's faith. Some of them might have been weak. But when you hear the testimony of somebody being healed and somebody else preaching and going to jail and then God opening the doors for them. Wait a minute, I can do that too. But I ain't no punk. Everybody understand? Now, when we were out heathens, heathening in the world, how many of you ever saw a fight in, in, in person? How many of you just ever just, just balled up your fist like, I wish somebody would? <laughs> you look, wait a minute. Somebody owe me a quarter. Everybody understand? You understand what I'm saying? You get bold, you seeing somebody get whipped on, you don't think, well, I'm that one that's on the ground. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> don't you owe me a quarter? I, I, you know why I say that? I use that as an example? Because that's exactly what happened to me when I was in high school. There was a fight going on, and it lasted for a little while. And somebody whispered in somebody's ear, and I heard him say, hey, don't John owe you a dollar? <laughs> if I owe you $10, you better not get in my face. I could tell you that. <laughs> and luckily, the fellow prayed about it, and the Holy Spirit revealed to him that I wasn't all the way saved. <laughs> so you see, I'm, I'm using this as an example about provoking one another. We provoke one another in faith. The same way you can get riled up on the inside because you saw a fight going on. You know, it's a fight going on today. And we're supposed to be riled up in faith. We're supposed to provoke one another. The devil is coming for our faith. He knows if he can get your faith, you, everybody understand? If he can get you to question whether or not God will protect you by uh, uh, assembling yourself together, 
Then he'll get you the question, is God real? That's where it's going to end up at. He's going to get you to question the sound doctrine. And that's for people all over the world. If he can, everybody understand. I just, I just sincerely believe that if God's word tells us to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together, I just sincerely believe he's going to protect us. We have to know that. You think about how people, what about that? You know, these same preachers will claim that they have a healing ministry. How are you going to go pray for somebody that's contagious, preacher? Some devils only go out when you lay hands on somebody. You can't pray a devil away 100 miles away in some instances. You're going you to have to go step in a room somewhere. Everybody understand? When I was in the hospital back in 97, I was, when I first went into the room, I had to wait five hours to even get a room. That's how sick people were at that time. And I, so I, they finally got me a room, and I was in there with this older man. And I don't know if he thought part of my sickness was deafness or what. But our beds were only five feet away from one another. And I hear him on the phone saying, yeah, they're supposed to be moving me out of here today because they don't know what he got. <laughs> yeah, that was encouraging. They don't know what he got. And that's, the, and, that, and that's the church world's mind today. I don't know what somebody else got. A six feet. Yeah, because the devil's arms ain't that long. Again, we're not talking about tempting God. But we're just talking about carrying on in just with everyday life. Everybody understand? Let's go ahead and keep reading. Verse 14, And beholding the man which was healed, standing with them, they could say nothing against it. But when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves, saying, What shall we do to these men? For that indeed a noble miracle hath been done by them is manifest to all them that dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. But that it spread no further among the people. Let us straightly threaten them that they speak henceforth to no man in this name. And they called them and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. Everybody see that? But Peter and John answered and said unto them, Whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge ye. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. So when they had further threatened them, 
They let them go, finding nothing how they might punish them because of the people. For all men glorified God for that which was done. For the man was above 40 years old on whom this miracle of healing was showed. All right, so now let's go over to the fifth chapter of the book of Acts. We're going to start reading at verse 17. It says, Then the high priest rose up, and all that were with him, which is, of the, which is the sect of the Sadducees, and were filled with indignation. Why? Because they kept going. And laid their hands on the apostles and put them in the common prison. But the angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors and brought them forth and said, Go, stand and speak where? In your living room. In front of your webcam. Everybody see? You got to use wisdom. Because God can't protect you if they come against you. Use wisdom. God gave you a webcam for a reason. You remember years ago, somebody gave you that webcam for free. This was why. See how God pre prepares his people? <laughs> they went to jail. That angel came and opened up the doors and let them out. And told them what? Go get in trouble again. Go stand in the temple. They have told you not to stand and preach what they told you not to preach. Listen, I don't know about anybody else. You know, I, you ask every so-called Christian, all of them got a testimony how God delivered them. That's what they say. And the sad part is they don't believe their own testimony. I can stand up here and tell you time after time how God have delivered me from death. I preached the whole message on it. It's on YouTube. The valley of the shadow of death. I'd be a fool to be afraid of anything. Everybody understand? Wouldn't it be something that I done went through all the stuff I done gone through only to stand before God and have to give an account for the fact that I did not believe him at the last? Didn't believe, I'm not somebody else's testimony, my own testimony. And so here was their testimony. The angel of God himself came in and delivered them out of prison. You think they weren't going to go and preach what, what they were commanded to preach? We're going to go talk to people in person. Yeah, we could write letters. But no, we were commanded, go and stand in the temple and preach. And that's what we're going to do. That was them hazarding their lives. And, what, and so what was it that egged them on to do that? This angel just came and bailed us out. If we go back to jail, he'll be back. Everybody understand? Listen, God didn't stop being God because of corona. And, and let me make this clear. Your fear didn't come because of corona. It was there beforehand. 
It was already there. All it did was expose your lack of faith. Verse 20, go and stand, go stand and speak in the temple to the people all the words of this life. And th when they heard that, they entered into the temple early in the morning and taught. But the high priest came and they that were with him and called the council together and all the senate of the children of Israel and sent to the prison to have them brought. But when the officers came and found them not in the prison, they returned and told, saying, the prison truly found we shut with all safety and the keepers standing without before the doors. But when we had opened, we found no man within. Now when the high priest and the captain of the temple and the chief priests heard these things, they doubted of them whereunto this would grow. Then came one and told them, saying, Behold, the men whom ye put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. Then went the captain with the officers and brought them without violence, for they feared the people, lest they should have been stoned. Everybody see that? And when they had brought them, they set them before the council, and the high priest asked them, saying, Did not we straightly command you that ye should not teach in this name? In other words, y'all not, not scared of us? And behold, ye have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. I, I tell you, I think it's something. that preachers will stand up and say, well, you know, the government have given a, given a decree that we shouldn't gather more than 10, so we're just going to stay home. Because after all, the Bible says, obey the law of the land. But that same preacher go five miles over the speed limit. Everybody understand? Yeah, we obey the laws as long as they don't conflict with God. This Bible tells us not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. That's talking about in person. Everybody understand? Amen. We can go on and on with how these men hazarded their lives. You can see James was killed with the sword. You see Stephen stoned to death. You see all kind of people being killed. And the book of this book is called the Acts of the Holy Spirit. People being killed for God, just, just for wanting, wanting to worship God in spirit and in truth. Just for preaching that name. And we say, well, Lord, if I was back then, I'd have done the same thing. Do you really believe you'd have been able to stand up in that face of violence knowing that some of your best friends have been killed? And this was a physical force. This was a force you could see. 
Do you really think you'd have volunteered to go preach in the synagogue and in the temple in broad daylight? The, the government, they're only making a suggestion, don't gather together. But let me make this clear. They fear the people, too. They know it'll be a, a, a riot out here if they ever tell real church folks to stay home. Everybody understand? No, they're not going to go that far. They're not crazy. They're making suggestions. Well, we just suggest. Don't, you know, no more than 10. Use wisdom. Yeah, I'm going to use it. I'm going to obey God. That's my wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Everybody, not the fear of people, not the fear of corona. It's the flu been around. <laughs> Everybody understand? If we're going to live in that kind of fear, let's just not gather together at all. The flu still killing more people than corona. Everybody understand? Now, I'm going to tell you what the fear is. They, with just about every disease, they've been able to put a finger on it and say, this is for these people. If you're big and black, diabetes is yours. <laughs> Everybody understand? <laughs> so ain't nobody scared of that. Just don't be big and black. <laughs> but this devil don't, ex don't, don't discriminate everybody understand corona getting everybody it's, it's making headline news wait a minute what nothing wrong with this man why did he die because he got a God to answer to that's why just like we all do we're going to all go that route if the Lord tarry That's, the, that's just the pride of man thinking that they can control God and they can control when they leave here. Just exercise, eat grass for the rest of your life. And what? Still die and answer to God. <laughs> and grass ain't going to save you. I tell you what, I, I'm not going to heaven miserable, I can tell you that. That's rabbit food. <laughs> Everybody understand? I'm going to be full when I get there. And when I'm standing before God, I'm going to be looking past him. So what y'all got? What y'all, where's that tree of life at? I tell you, that's going to be a miserable. Hell is going to be miserable for folks. You mean to tell me I still came here and I was eating right? Yes. <laughs> you wasn't living right. <laughs> so verse 29 says, Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than who? Men. They were coming against their own government. Their government was telling them to shut it down. Now, you know what's crazy? 
they never, they never ask, how did y'all get out of jail? That lets you know the government knew they were coming against God. They knew that these were men of God. So what has happened to the church that have gotten us that far down the road where so-called believers are scared to just go outside? Scared to me, the highlight of your week ought to be gathering, gathering with other saints. Now, ask, let's ask ourselves this question. Are these same folks that's canceling church and that's glad to stay at home from church, are they staying at home from Walmart? No, because we got to eat. See, that's wisdom. I'm going to just put a mask on. Well, if, they, if, if, your face is in, if your faith is in that mask, why not wear a mask to church? Because you don't want to go anyway, devil. Everybody understand? Let's go to the 16th chapter of the book of Acts. We'll see what happened here. So, the Bible says that these men, in the 15th chapter of the book of Acts, these men hazarded their lives. They put their own lives in danger. Their lives. Not just physical harm, but just they could be killed. They put their lives in danger. So when the devil saw, now here's the trick now. When the devil saw, okay, at the threat of violence, at the threat of these men's own lives, they're not backing down from this. What else can I do? Let's start reading in verse 16, see what, what else he got up his sleeve. It says, and it came to pass as we went to prayer. It's talking about Paul and his company, which, and Luke was among them, the writer of this book. A certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination met us which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. The same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. And this did she many days. But Paul, being grieved, turned and said to who? So does everybody see what they're saying there? Turn and say it to that spirit. Now, on the, out, on the surface, it seemed like this woman, this little girl, is praising Paul and his company. This, this, what they're saying is the truth. That's what she's saying. What these men, these men are preaching the truth. It's a good thing that Paul wasn't in his flesh. It's a good thing Paul heard about what Jesus taught. Woe unto you when men speak well of you. The Bible says that Paul was grieved. What's the problem here? The Bible says he, let's, let's go ahead and keep, read that. 
And this did she many days, but Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out the same hour. What was the devil doing? You have to know what that's talking about there. Verse 16, and it came to pass as we went to prayer. Isn't that something? Where were they going? What happened? A certain damsel possessed with the spirit of what? You look up that word in the Greek. That word is python. This young girl had the spirit of python. Most of you, you've heard me teach on that. You have to know what the spirit of Python is and what it does and whether or not you deal with it. And that's the name of this message, From Passion to Python. You got all the zeal in the world where you're willing to stand up for God and die for him. You're not afraid of death. You're not afraid of corona. You're not afraid of anything. And the devil knows, okay, you're not, you don't have enough sense to be scared. So let me send somebody your way that's going to slow you down. So let me explain what that spirit of python do. You have to know what the nature of a python snake is. They don't kill you with a bite. They wrap themselves around your body and they squeeze the life out of you. And it might take 30 minutes. They squeeze you until you can no longer breathe. This damsel joined the company of Paul and Luke. The devil knew they are not scared to die. But let me send somebody among them that's not sold out to God. Let me send somebody to them that's going to praise them. That she's going to come across as religious and really knowing these men, y'all really blown to God. What y'all are preaching is the truth. But behind all of that praise is designed to slow them down. Everybody understand? Slowly but surely, that spirit was going to suck. That's why Paul, that's why this Bible says Paul was grieved. This girl followed them for many days and Paul was grieved. Now, when you have the Holy Spirit, you ought to be able to tell when somebody have latched on to you, they're squeezing you. How did, now let's, let's just go back in time. How, why was Paul grieved? I tell you why, because as they were going to prayer, he could tell after so many days, wait a minute, it feels like my prayers aren't getting through like they used to. I don't have the same patience and the same prayer life that I used to have. What's going on? Why is it I don't spend the same amount of time with God like I used to? Oh, wait a minute, it's that spirit. Everybody understand? That's that python spirit. Now you think about how we were when we first came to God with all the passion in the world. We were praising God without shame. 
praying and, and, and really love spending time with God. But over time, that python, it's going to live for a million years. It's got all the time in the world. And it is so smooth that what it does, it'll choke the life out of you and you won't even know it. Just over time, you think, well, this is just what my Christian walk is. You go from taking deep breaths to two or three years later, you take a little shallow breath. But it, in your mind, it's so gradual, you don't see the difference. I tell you the difference. Look at how you were when you first came to God. You were taking deep breaths. You were breathing in all that righteousness. You couldn't get enough of God. But over time, that python, because you didn't dismiss it, it's got you missing church. It's got you not wanting to come to church. It's, it's got you just figuring, just trying to think, well, you know, should I read my Bible or should I cook? Should I read my Bible or should I go hang out? That python makes you put God on the back burner. The only problem is if you continue to do that, you're going to go look for him. He's not going to be there. It is a python spirit that's got people at home today that's going to have them home tomorrow. There was a time when some of us wouldn't miss church. Now it just depends on how we feel. Some of us, we show, we show up to church because we, we scared we're going to be talked about if we don't show up. Unfortunately for me, I don't have the pleasure of just preaching on what I want to preach and try to make you feel good and comfortable. I have to preach on right now. Everybody understand? Now, this is what happens. Everybody see? In their mind, when the girl first showed up, she was a believer just like anybody else. And she was testifying about what they were preaching. But after a while, they caught on. Wait a minute, you joined us when we went to prayer. And we've noticed how our prayer life has suffered. We notice how we don't have the same zeal like we used to have. We don't have the same passion. Yes, we're still willing to die for Christ. But I'm going to tell you, the, the most deceiving death is the slow suicide. The devil said, well, you're not scared of dying in a second with bats and, and rifles. So I'm going to kill you in a way where you don't even know you're dying. I'm going to just let this python wrap around your heart and your head and your throat. 
Wrap around your heart to change how you feel about God. Wrap around your head to keep you from taking in the doctrine and having a mind change about the way you're supposed to live. And then wrap around your throat to keep you from preaching the truth. I'm going to have you preaching against God's word. Instead of preaching not to forsake the assembling of yourselves together, you're going to be preaching use wisdom. You're going to take God's own word and try to use it against him in the court of law. And you're going to think you're justified. Everybody see that python spirit. It's God's will for us not to be. Listen. How do we know that we're dealing with it? Look at your life. Look at how you were when you first came to God. Look at how excited you were. This morning, we were on our way to here to church and I looked at my wife I do that all the time and uh, she was driving and she saw me looking at her and she started checking herself like what is it no it ain't nothing I'm just looking at you because there are times I look at my wife and I think I'm a blessed man I have a good wife I have a lovely wife and most of you know what I'm talking about you just, to me, I look at her, and to me, it's like it's brand new. That's the way God wanted to be in our relationship with him. Brand new every day. If the Bible says that God's mercies are renewed towards us every day, then our passion for him ought to be renewed every day. Every day we wake up, we ought to be excited about what God is going to do. So how do we overcome this python spirit? Let's go. Let's go real quick to the second chapter of 2 Timothy. We're just going to read a few scriptures there. Everybody there? We're going to start reading at verse 19. The second chapter, 2 Timothy, we're going to start reading at verse 19. It says, Nevertheless, the foundation. Of God standeth sure, having this seal. Everybody see that? The Lord knoweth them that are his, and let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself from these, from these 
He shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. Everybody see that? Now Paul, when he was a Pharisee, he said in his writings that he was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. He was somebody that the Pharisees looked up to. Now we're going to connect what we just read in the 16th chapter of the book of Acts. He was somebody that the Pharisees looked up to. Nobody had the zeal against God that he had. Even if when he was doing it in ignorance, he had a zeal. I'm going to persecute. I'm going to throw men and women in prison behind this Jesus Christ fellow. And he had folks applauding him. Yeah, yeah, do that. But then the Lord came through and got his attention. You persecuting me, Saul. And he was converted. Let's read verse 22. Flee also youthful lusts. What was his youthful lust? The applaud of people. They were provoking him with their applause. There's Paul. There's Saul, the great Pharisee. He's doing our bidding. He's really serving God. He's going to wipe out this name, Jesus Christ. But then God came through and got a hold of him and converted him. Now he's got that same, that same zeal for God. But then here come that youthful lust. These men are the men of the most high. Applaud. You like to be talked up, Paul, don't you? That's why it took him many days to figure out that this was a spirit of Python. That youthful lust. That, you know, what is the youthful lust? Something that you enjoyed when you were out in the world that you're trying to bring over into Christ, but that's going to pull you away from Christ. This Bible tells us to flee it. Because if you don't, that python is going to wrap around you. It's going to choke God's love out of you. Everybody understand? So let's think about that. Whatever you love out in the world, that don't leave automatically when you come to Christ. Now you have to play umpire. You have to understand Okay, wait a minute. This is not conducive for my walk with the Lord. I'm spending more time doing this than I am spending time with God. This is unfruitful in my life. And it's not just unfruitful. It's causing me not to bear fruit for God. It's, it's pulling me in the opposite direction. Everybody see? That python, it just slowly chokes the life out of you. That's talking about your spiritual life, your spiritual walk with God. So then Paul, he could write here in the second chapter of 2 Timothy, flee also youthful lust, but follow 
righteousness. Everybody see that? Faith, charity, peace with them. Everybody see that? With them. That do what? Call on the Lord, how? Out of a pure heart. What is he saying? Get around some folks that's going to balance you. That's going to help you to know, wait a minute, I'm off balance here. I'm way off. I'm, I, I didn't know I was this far off. You see why it's important that we assemble ourselves together? You can't be a disciple of Christ through, some, through fiber optics. Over the internet. I got to see how you walk. In real life. Everybody understand? Other than that, I just got two lives. I tell you what it's like trying to follow God over the internet. What was the name of that Facebook game where you grew flowers and plants and Farmville? How many of you played Farmville? How many of you ate from the fruit of that? You had all those lovely groceries out in your field. You were expanding. Your garden was bigger than other people. How much of that did you eat? Yeah, that's the internet for you. That's what internet ministry is. You're going to only go so far online. Everybody understand? Most of you that watched me before you got here, you know good and well. There's a difference. <laughs> Everybody understand? Yeah, you're gonna only go so far before God. Everybody before God calls and say, "No, you need to. You need to get among some folks that. You need to get among that. You need to be there. Everybody see? Because other than that, I can just turn you off, and I can go on back to this python that's wrapped around my neck. You had two different lives." Formville in your real life. That's not God's will. So God wants us to know. Let's, let's go back to how we were. How were you when you first came to Christ? Look at all that. Think about you. And you could think, see, you could, the devil, this is the deception. You think, well, I done went along. I guess I done got to just easy flow zone where every now and then I see God move. Every now and then, I feel like I've gotten a prayer through. But when you first came to God, it was one right after the other. Man, God's really moving. Praise God. Why didn't somebody tell me God was this good? Man, every time I pray, he answers my prayer like the, before the day is over with. Man, God is good. But over time, do I want to pray or do I want to watch TV? God's still good. <laughs> Everybody understand? He's still answering prayers before the day is over with. He's not the problem. That python that you got sitting around your neck, that's the problem. Everybody understand? God wants us to experience something. Listen, God don't stop. God don't say, well, you know what? You've been saved for two weeks. Let me give you a break. 
Everybody see? And I'm going to tell you about me. If God ain't assigned me to somebody, I will cut you off. When I know you, Python, in a heartbeat. Everybody understand? Because these earthly relationships, to me, they don't mean a thing when you're Python. When we talk, we ought to be talking about the goodness of God and faith and all of that. If, if we ain't talking about that, it's how you doing? Okay, just checking on you, seeing you, you make sure you're still alive. That's all. Other than that, it's Python all day, every day. Everybody understand? Ain't going to be no brothers and sisters in heaven. Ain't going to be no daddies and uncles. Nothing. All of that is over with. And that's what we're supposed to live for right now. And don't tell me you love me and then you can come against the God I serve and you're trying to discourage me and he's done changed my life. No, you ain't worth it. You need to come up to where I am. I don't, I don't need to come down to you. Everybody understand? And not that I think I'm more than you, but I don't want to go back. That's how we're supposed to be in the things of God. Let's hold on. Let's hold fast. What this Bible says. To our profession. Hold fast to it. Everybody understand? I'm going to be the way I was when I first started. And if not, I'm going to be running faster. Everybody, that's how I want to be. That's how God wants us all to be. You might start off at a pace. But after a while, you ought to be running faster. You ought to be growing. Everybody understand? You ought to be excited about the things of God. Not sitting at home debating on, what. Well, am I supposed to go to church? Because, you know, after all, they gave a decree. You just have to tell it like it is. You didn't want to go anyway. That's what it all boiled down to. That, everybody understand? They not, you ain't fasting. Everybody understand? I tell you, it will be World War Three out here if they say, well, all of, nobody eat. You know, we're closing down all the stores. Oh, wait a minute. We ought to obey God rather than man. Everybody see? That's not God's will. Let's look at our lives and see where we are as opposed to where we were at one time. Let's have that same zeal for God. Let's not allow that python spirit to sink in. Let's be able to recognize it and identify it and know when we've been a victim of it. Because I'm going to tell you, that python, before it kills you, it puts you to sleep. Does everybody understand? You, know, you don't just die right out. You go unconscious. You, in other words, spiritually, so you're not even aware of what condition you're in. You sleep. And he kills you in your sleep. Because he don't want you to fight. Everybody understand? And he don't have to worry about you fighting as long as you don't know he's there. That's not God's will. All right, let's pray. 
Dear Lord, we thank you for this day. Lord, thank you for the word that you spoke to us. Lord, we pray that you will wake your people up. Wake them up, Lord, out of that slumber. Help them to see where they are, Lord. Help us to judge ourselves by your word. And see these great men of faith, Lord, how they hazarded their lives for you. Help us, Lord, to know whether or not we're there or not. Help us, Lord, not to be deceived and think that we're in a place that we're not, Lord. And when we recognize that we're not where we should be, Lord, we ask for your mercy to get us to that place. Help us, Lord, to know when that spirit have attached itself to us and have slowed down our progress, Lord. Wake us up, Lord, so that we can see clearly our condition and not be deceived. Thank you, Lord, for this word that you've preached to us. And Lord, we pray that it will not return unto you void, but it will reach souls all over the world so that your people can be awakened out of their slumber so that they can serve you with their whole heart and to stand before you, Lord, and hear well, well done. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. All right. All right. If that's all now, we'll go ahead and be dismissed, and we'll uh, meet up a little later to discuss what we've heard today. All right. You're dismissed in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ.